hi everyone welcome to this new episode of open world today here uh, we have miguel sepulveda hi hello um, so welcome miguel miguel is a blogger researcher game global advisory board member language geek and a father of two lovely kids He started his journey in this exciting localization world back in 1995 as a Spanish QA specialist for Microsoft. After many years working on the LSP side, he shifted to the gaming industry in 2007 and started working at Electronic Arts also in the QA area. In 2014, he joined King, the mobile publisher known for Candy Crush where his role is to lead the globalization efforts of a very talented team in a very cool company. So, Miguel, welcome. We are super happy to have you here. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. This is Great. Be fun. Yes, it is. So, we prepared a couple of questions for you uh, because yeah. we want to learn about your background. So, mm -hmm. I believe, Lori, uh, there, there you yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to start. <laughs> Hi, Miguel. Um, <laughs> so, I guess in general, what does it mean to be a globalization manager? What does a day in the life look like? And um, what kind of teams do you interact with on a regular basis? Many, many teams. Because after, <laughs> after all, we, we are like in the middle of everything. The, the way I see a localization team is like the glue between different uh, teams, like being in the middle. And uh, quite often, I think that uh, we are breaking the silos between all the different departments. And um, the day looks like uh, breaking that silos because it put the start working with, um, I don't know, game designers, trying to understand uh, what they are going to build for the next levels and uh, trying to get information that we may need to do our localization activities. But then uh, all in the sudden, you might be talking to people in marketing, trying to understand how they are gonna do the promotion of uh, the next event. And then you might be talking with, uh, of course, the, the vendors, but also you might be talking with the finance people. So, um, We and I do interact with uh, many, many different stakeholders during the day. And uh, I like that because it's, uh, it's a good opportunity to know uh, a lot about uh, what the others are doing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's also quite challenging because as you might imagine, not many people know the in and outs of what we do. So right. it's, uh, it's a continuous like evangelization of uh, what we do and sometimes maybe a little bit exhausting. <laughs> no, <it's the> same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I met yeah. dealing with so many people at the same time and so many different roles within the same company. Yeah, 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 yeah because each of them is in a different phase in the, in the development phase. Mm -hmm. So with uh, some things you will talk more at the beginning Well, with others, it's going to be more like at the end. So it, it requires to have a clear understanding and clear roadmap about uh, who does what. And mm -hmm. then right. bringing all these individuals. Yeah, it, it's about being an old court player, right? Pretty much. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Um, Miguel, you mentioned that um, the vendor side. I know that you have worked as a vendor manager as well. 
So what can you tell us about that? And what can you tell us about that? And let's go to the second part <laughs> later. <laughs> I can't tell you that it's a very stressing job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, on that same note, do you think that uh, vendor managers have it, have it easier nowadays to find qualified linguists with the tools that we have? I, I think it might be easier to reach people. So on that, on that front, nowadays we are all connected. So compare that with uh, 10 years ago, now it's, it's easier. Mm -hmm. um, still getting the right talent that's that's always challenging and it will be always challenging but at least now the good thing is that if there are good people probably you know about them because now right. with all the social media mm -hmm. and linkedin and all these different uh, sites it's kind of easy to know who are the the good ones uh, but still <laughs> it will be difficult to get them on board um, right. but at least like the the first connection about who uh, should I talk to that part? Mm -hmm. I think it's easier, but right. I do feel that uh, anyways, bringing the right people for the right uh, game in this case, that's going to sure. be always challenging. Right. Yeah, there are things that never change, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately, you might get it easier some in some portions of the of the whole job, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to follow up on your experience working on the LSP side, mm -hmm. because I know that you work with Lionbridge, and mm -hmm. what would you say that is the best, and maybe you can also share the worst of that side of the mm -hmm. coin of the industry, because I know it can be challenging as well. Yeah. I think the best is that you have the opportunity to work with multiple clients mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of growth and the learning opportunities there. Because uh, every, every client will work, uh, will, they will share some kind of framework, but then there's gonna be some parts that they are very different, not only like in the tools, but also like in the mindset or even the culture that they have in, in that specific company. So I, I learn a lot because you are continuously putting yourself in a situation that uh, you don't know very well, that particular <laughs> thing you have to do, but in the end you just do it. So that's good for your self-esteem and growth and uh, everything. So I, I do really like that. Um, I, I always think like, uh, I don't know, one, two years in a vendor is like five years in a client. <laughs> Definitely. Something like that. Vendor time. Uh, vendor time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love that concept. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, what I, that's what I felt. That's what I felt. Um, and the, uh, the challenging part is, is the, is the margin that you have to make, is the availability, is the, the targets you have to do when it comes to sales and everything. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, 
if you are a production team, it's not really on you because I remember that myself, I was not doing the sales myself. Mm -hmm. I was supporting with my expertise, the sales people, but mm -hmm. I was not selling myself. So uh, but still, in a way, I was accountable of, yeah. of certain margins. And that's very, very stressful because it's one thing that you don't really have control. And yeah, I, I, I don't have great memories of that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, being, a, being like a glue, right? Like you're accountable, <laughs> yeah. even though you're not in charge of it. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, and maybe more exactly. like an octopus, like, <laughs> having like yeah. multiple arms. Octo and... dad, because he's also a father. <laughs> Octo dad, <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> definitely. I think we yeah. all have some nightmare memories of being in a group project where you're just praying that everybody else does things <laughs> on the same to the same level that you're doing. Everybody's going to show up on that day. Yeah. Um, so another thing that has probably changed throughout the time is the experience of testing. Um, so we know you managed the automation testing department back in 2007 with EA. Mm -hmm. How do you feel the testing has changed then in your experience? No, it's much more mature. Um, I, I remember back in the days at EA, we have this console farm where we have all the consoles playing all night, uh, FIFA uh, games and simulating all the different combinations. And it was really like a, like a farm, <laughs> like a big <laughs> room with a lot of hardware there. And everything was like a program, like a very manually trying mm -hmm. to create a mm -hmm. scripts, simulating what you might do with the remote controls of your play or Xbox or whatever. Um, right. So, uh, and now, um, now it's all with artificial intelligence and uh, it's so different because now it's like uh, you teach one bot and you create like a script that is going to run that script for you in right. multiple languages. And then all the screenshots are going to be stored in one folder that then you can share this with the vendors and uh, linguistic that they can just have a look to those screenshots without really needing anything else. So uh, it's, um, it's, it's definitely nothing, nothing to do. And I, I do think that uh, with artificial intelligence, when it comes for the linguistic part, we are saving a lot of uh, time for, for that particular part. So um, it's, it's going well, it's going well, that, that part. <laughs> I can see how that automation would really be more efficient I suppose, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, quite often it's always this dilemma about uh, uh, robots taking the job, right? But yeah, uh, right. But actually, um, I think it's it's very complementary because it gives you the the opportunity to test things in time frames that otherwise it's it's not possible. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. If you think if you think about mobile phones and the games that you are working in a sprint, uh, in a sprint you might have content every two weeks, and uh, that will include everything: the creation of the game levels itself, and the localization. Um, and it's very difficult to fit everything in those two weeks if you have to fit also the uh, LQA. 
So doing right. manual LQA in a sprint uh, in two weeks, it's, it's really difficult. But if you have tools like this, then it's totally different because you will teach the uh, bot to get the screens of uh, all the new keys content that you are localizing. Mm -hmm. You will isolate that and you will send that only to an LSP for the linguistic testers. And uh, without automation, I don't know how we might do that because the uh, testers will have to run these manual test cases and uh, do this manually. And they might spend, I don't know, a couple of days probably. I mean, there is no that, that big content to test, but still a couple of days they will spend just trying to, to follow all the different uh, test cases. So uh, I, I think it's a, it's a great complement uh, the, the automation in this type of initiatives. Wow. Yeah, it, it's not a threat to our line of work or anything. It's, it's a, an amazing tool like to automatize uh, things that otherwise would be impossible to, to, to fit, right? In the timeframes that we, that we have nowadays. Yeah, yeah, and I bet that you leave less room for error, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that and too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in the end, many of these tasks are like a monkey job. <laughs> so uh, it's better to, to use the brain of the testers uh, <laughs> in, in something more valuable. So. So right. don't replace them, just give them a different job to do. <laughs> <laughs> to do. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Um, so Miguel, um, following up on that <clears throat> automation and how things change, um, what, what kind of advice would you give to a dev studio uh, who is making their first game in terms of localization? And... What are the key elements that they need to keep in mind when they start thinking about translating their game, right? As most people uh, refer it to. Um, I'm thinking localization, globalization. I mean, <clears throat> things that involve this overall process, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's important that uh, people not familiar with what we do, that they understand that localization activities is it's not a one single time task that you outsource and you are done. It's, right. it's an iteration, it's a continuous process. And it's another business process that you have to plan since the very beginning. We do still see this misconception of um, localization as an afterthought that you do the <laughs> English. And then at some point you will start thinking about the rest of the languages um we need to change that uh, i don't know how but we need to change that because it's is the wrong mindset because when you think of one activity like that it's painful right because you 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 see it like a transactional activity and yeah. uh, something you have to do but it's like <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah that, that's how many people see they see it and i love the fact that i love that term localization as an afterthought we need to move away from that yeah because it, it does not work um for, for for many reasons um it's perceived as a kind of a transactional activity yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That is not really giving any kind of value when when we know that that's that's not the case. It puts the, the, the put the team like in a kind of 
black box that a developer, they will not know very well what they are expecting to receive. They will be continuously like uh, chasing shadows because mm. uh, I've seen quite often that uh, then you have all these problems with implementation of the font. Then you have all these problems with uh, variables, placeholders, internationalization issues with the time, with the date. All these things are happening because because it's just seen as an afterthought. But um, if when you start creating the English content, you just see localization as another activity that you just need to do to create a multi-market product, then then everything is different because you are you are creating like the framework of your English code and you are preparing some activities to enable in the future to handle more languages. And it's a requirement as any other requirements. And that's what it needs to be done. I mean, at the same, in the same way that uh, you will plan for the music and plan that uh, you will need to integrate the music and you don't start thinking about the music like in the middle uh, or even worst uh, uh, later. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, just, you just need to do that with the, with the text and with the content. Um, and I always find kind of fascinating and weird that um, we see all this all these text in the games and mm-hmm. um, you might see game teams that they are spending, I don't know, many, many weeks uh, with the concept of the mockups of the screens and the workflow and the user player journey, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And um, they tend to forget that they tend to forget two things. Uh, the, the first one is that um, they are putting a lot of effort in English, and most of the players they will not see that because they will see another language. Yeah. And it's exactly. it's amazing. That's it's so amazing. True. The, yeah, they pay so much effort creating the perfect English copy. And then we just get in a hurry when it comes for the rest of the yeah. languages. And I'm always thinking, why is like that? I mean, yeah. it does not make any sense. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. have to change that then. <laughs> it, it is our job, right? To, to change yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I think it's a lot of uh, the, the job of a team like us. It's, it's like explaining all these things. And, mm-hmm. uh, evangelizing and explaining, hey, pay attention to to the rest of the languages, put the same emphasis in quality as you are uh, putting in English, because uh, non-English speakers should not be considered citizen V. They are yeah. equally right. important, yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it talks about how you care about your own content because if you're developing a, a, some, a game and you're proud of what you're doing, you want everyone to actually have the same experience. So yep. why wouldn't you think about other players in the same way? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's amazing how you word it, how, how well you explain it because... Um, I mean, it is true. I, I see a lot of devs uh, that pay so much attention to in English and then they just go, okay, I will just translate it at a later date. Uh, but no, it, it's a constant process. I totally agree, Miguel, with your mm-hmm. explanation. Thank you so, so much. 
And I have another question for you related to your blog, because of course we know <clears throat> that you are very active with uh, your blog in Show Localizo. And I was reading, yes, we are great <laughs> fans of, of your content. Um, and we know how important quality source material is in determining the quality of the target localization. But we wanted to know, have you ever found yourself in a situation in which you didn't feel that the source material was quite where it needed to be? Yeah, I mean, actually at King, one of the phases that I am really emphasizing and promoting is the copy edit phase. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this is something that um, that we have uh, one person in my team, but the main focus is copy edit all the content. And um, we, we change the copy quite often because I mean, there are different layers there. First is that, uh, which is another irony. Uh, you, you have people writing copy that they are not writers, uh, mm -hmm. they are developers, they are game designers, uh, their expertise, their craft, they are not words people. They are very <laughs> good coding or they are very good drawing, but they don't really know how to write. Um, so that's one thing. And the other is that uh, maybe they are, and quite often that's the case, they are not uh, native English speakers. And um, you could see that maybe the copy is okay, but it's, it's not engaging, right? Mm -hmm. It's just it's just normal English. Yeah, plain text. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, we like reviewing everything that we that we receive uh, before starting localizing. We like spending a couple of hours just reviewing the English copy and just ensuring that uh, the right terminology is used, that the right style is used, that the glossary is in place. I, I do think okay. that that, uh, that phase is super, super, super important. And um, yeah, that's, that's something that uh, you would be surprised of how many times we are making tweaks and uh, corrections in the copy we receive very, very often. Right. Yeah, it's remarkable the work that you do at King. And on that note, I wanted to know because not everyone is doing that. And on the side of the linguist and the people who are actually working on the localization side of the game, in case that they encounter with a not so great source material, what would you recommend them to do? You, you, you need to just partnership with experts. Nowadays, there are experts for, for everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you cannot pretend that uh, you are going to do great mm. in all the different disciplines because making a video game, it's, it's, it's complex. And everyone needs to be uh, mastering their little craft and mm -hmm. expertise and just then embracing the, the mindset of together is better. <laughs> Um, that's how I see it. Right it's person for the right for job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Miguel. 
So and I have, yeah, one more, it might be our last <laughs> question, unless anybody else comes up with something else, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your time working with the Slaki Habo Hotel, uh, which mm. I understand is, or at least was at the time, the world's largest social game and online community for teenagers. Uh, having an online community has become so foundational to teen life at this point. Mm -hmm. And I see that some 10 million teenagers visit the different communities from 150 countries each and every month. And that's a lot of teens, like a crazy amount of teens. Is there <laughs> something that ties together the human experience uh, for all of us at that age group, regardless of our culture and language? Uh, for for Hava Hotel, it, it was an interesting experience because I could explore what's the real meaning of being a tribe and right. finding your tribe. And that's what people do there. Um, and you could find your tribe uh, at different levels. It might be in your country or it might be in the way that you decorate your rooms or it could be... Mm -hmm. The, mm -hmm. the furniture you, you buy and I don't know, it could be it could be very, very different things. But in the end, you will find your community. And uh, then you were someone. And I guess that that's what, what we need as human beings, right? You, you need to feel part of something. And if we are just alone by ourselves, we feel we are maybe incomplete, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe in a yeah. way. And uh, with um, with this type of communities, it's all about belonging and it's all about uh, sharing experiences. So yeah, um, it was interesting. And actually during these months uh, because of the COVID and everything, it's going very well again, uh, mm. Sulaki and Habo because mm -hmm. people are going back there to have their virtual parties and do their virtual mm. life so it. it's it's living a, a second life of success wow that's amazing yeah. yeah it's a really beautiful concept that finding your tribe that everybody you know we all need somewhere to belong um mm. i mean so at that point you're not just localizing for a certain region or language you're localizing for people at like a really angsty and transformational time in their lives I think we all know all the emotions that we have as teenagers. Oh, yes. <laughs> does that <laughs> does that emotion make it easier or harder when it comes to localizing? It's it's more challenging, um, and the key here is to have um, a stable team providing and producing the the localization. Because in the end, at the beginning, it's going to be very difficult for the translator to get the right tone and transfer mm -hmm. this, this personality. Uh, but eventually, uh, she or he will get it. And they will know all, all the different uh, humor and the fun and the way of speaking of uh, teenagers. So definitely something that, that it's, it's you, you get it. It's just, you just need to have a very stable team. So I remember back in my days there that the main criteria, uh, we were working with a kind of a small vendor because what we want, it was a very dedicated team and to have always the same translators. 
Um, so the continuous onboarding and continuous sharing the material with them, in the end they get it. And in the end, it was like an extension of my team. And I felt very comfortable working with, with them. So it took them a few weeks at the beginning, but in the end they were producing very good quality of mm. uh, localized content. Nice. Once you get it, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Miguel. Um, we know that we asked you for some homework. <laughs> so we, we always like to, to end our, our sessions in a high note. So that's why we always ask our guests to bring their favorite memes. So I'm going to, yes, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that's our favorite part. Everyone's <laughs> favorite part. Yeah. So I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to go over what Miguel brought for us today. <laughs> yes. We're going to see what makes you laugh, Miguel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is very related with localization, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it made me laugh so hard because there's always someone willing to do it cheaper, but the result is going to be like very, very different from what you're expecting, right? As a person who likes tattoos, this is pretty, pretty accurate as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> there are some yeah. things that you just don't skimp on your budget. <laughs> no, no, no. Pay full no. price. There's some tattoos <laughs> really and localization, right? Tattoos and localization. Definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one. <laughs> How active are you on social media? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, everyone is... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. In in Instagram, I like Instagram, but mm -hmm. uh, I am more like a viewer than posting myself. I really mm -hmm. like people. Are, people are really creative with the, with uh, the pictures oh, yes. and everything. It's really amazing. I don't have that eye for the photos, and maybe that's why I feel a little bit intimidating when it comes to share material in Instagram. And I feel more more comfortable in LinkedIn or Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you get way too self-conscious for, for social media, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Another thing that you don't need to have it as an afterthought, right? Yeah, the foresight. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this one is a classic, but it's still very, very valid. Uh, oh yes yes <laughs> and this one really cracked me up <laughs> i love this one are you do you often play games or are you currently playing anything in particular do you have time to play games i do i do i i like playing I like a sport, so I'm still playing FIFA with my kids. It's my favorite one. Oh, that's so, so actually, nice. actually, yesterday we were playing. We like playing. I like Real Madrid. So yesterday <laughs> it was the Champions League, uh, Real Madrid versus Inter de Milan, uh -huh. and uh, we were simulating the match before the Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> How did that turn yeah. out, by the way? Uh, Real Madrid won three two. Wow, oh, congratulations. Yeah, in real life is... or in the game? No, in the, in game. the game, it was 4-3. So it was almost. <laughs> almost. Uh, almost. That was close then. Yeah, almost, almost. That. So yeah, I, I like playing 
and of course I play mobile games uh, because mm -hmm. it's easier, right? With with the consoles, I have to sit down and put together a couple of hours and oh, play. Yes. But with my phone, ten minutes here, there, and then you you just play. So yeah, I I keep playing. Yeah, mobile gaming is 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 very important really convenient. I mean, yes yeah so. especially when you're super busy you're, you have like yeah, a you, 10 minute gap and you you, you can get your turn fix. your device <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then you just continue but I, i hope that you're not like fighting bosses in this me in this way Miguel, <laughs> for uh, your sake <laughs> no 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 i'm lucky i'm lucky um we we have good bosses like, I, yeah I you, you have a wonderful team <laughs> yes yes you well, do well This meeting, this session has come to an end because that was the end of the meme section. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias, Miguel. Gracias, We Miguel. really, really Thank enjoyed you. having you today and to learn so much about you. And we always enjoy hearing you um, share your knowledge. So... Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for Thank you, uh, joining us today. Um, stay tuned for our next episode, and we will share the links somewhere around there <laughs> for you yeah. to access YouTube <laughs> and all the social networks. So stay tuned for more. See you around. See you later. Bye. Bye. Have a good one.